It's time for Sports 56 Happy Hour on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now let's have some fun. Here is your host, Johnny, Johnny Radio. Johnny Radio. Yo, yo, yo! Welcome into a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy Johnny Radio. Happy Thirsty Thursday here in the Mid-South. We got a lot to talk to, uh, a lot of talk, to, a lot of people to talk to, and a lot of talk about them Tigers. Tigers have now lost four straight. It has been as painful as you can imagine. Again, I told you you had to eat Finnegan or Promethazine or have Pepto on hand to watch them because it just made you nauseous, made your stomach hurt. Now it's just like, what are we watching? And it's it's now just so sad. Like you almost want to cry. It's just so painful, the promise. I mean, this team worked their tail off, got all the way into the top 10, and it's all gone. They've lost four straight. And my goodness, yes, they lost to a food last night. They lost to rice. They lost to rice. Even as bad as they played. I mean, did you know they scored only three points the first seven minutes of the basketball game? Yeah, John's very ugly start to the game. Yeah, man. Three whole whopping points. That uh, that the, the change of lineup really worked. I, was, I don't know. Might, might have been nice to have a point guard out there, by the way, when you have a starting five. Have you ever thought about that? I don't know. If that, or, someone, or somebody that doesn't turn the ball over. Yeah, um, you know, there's a lot of things. We are going to get into the Tigers today. We're very blessed to have Isaac Simpson from TigersportsReport.com. We're going to talk at 1130 with Isaac about this Memphis Tigers team, where they're headed, what's going on. We'll definitely uh, love to hear from you at 901-360-8255, 901-360-8255. It is up on the text line. I want to hear your opinions, um, the things that drive me crazy. Dunk, dunk. Dunk, dunk, lay up, lay up, lay up to the foul line. Dunk, 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 da, dunk, dunk, da, dunk, dunk. Every time, if you are a basketball team and you can't get to the rim against the Tigers, then you aren't playing basketball because this team is terrible defensively and it's straight line drives off the screen over and over and over and over again. And if it's not that, it's when they double. Somebody cuts to the basket, wide open, nobody moves. Bing, bang, boom, layup, dunk, all in your face. I mean, getting to the rack was so easy for Rice that it made me nauseous. The Tigers had a three-point lead. Under two minutes to go in the ball game. They go up by three, and not six seconds later, it's maybe ten, sorry, maybe ten, Rice is, again, getting a dunk. And then they go back down and Walton scores. Then they go back and Rice gets a dunk. And then Mivis goes down and gets the foul line and makes a few free things. And then Rice goes down and gets a damn layup. 
They just get to the rim, get to the rim, get to the rim. It was, I was like, what the hell are you doing? And when the press quit working, they just continued to do it. And guess what they gave up? Dunks and layups. And then, of course, at the end of the game, wide open threes. David Jones, you were balling earlier, but, dude, I don't know if you know this. One on three does not work in basketball. Share the damn basketball. And why is it? I've been saying this the whole year. The Tigers are the worst team in the country at the fast break. They either throw the ball away because they try to make the the miracle play, the hero play, thread the damn needle, or they run in there looking for a foul and throw the ball up in the air and the ball comes dribbling out of bounds. Or Malcolm with, you know, going down the lane, down seven, mind you, goes for a reverse dunk. Now, listen, I can't complain or bitch about Malcolm today outside of that play. At least he's out there hustling. I mean, I can't say that for everybody out there. The second half, yeah, they had a little more fight. But damn, you got a way to have to start fighting. 22 points in the first half. So I want to know how you feel. And then I also want to put this out there. What I watched last night, and again, this is, of course, my opinion. And me looking through the game with very, very red eyes (laughs) and a nauseous stomach. But let me tell you something. I looked at Penny walking off that court last night, and I saw somebody who was so dejected. I mean dejected. This is the kind of season and team that could literally make somebody like Penny, who has all the money in the world that he needs. He's got everything going for him. He could just go out and ride off in the sunset and say, screw this. Kind of curious, what do you think? Last night on the X, some people are as as befuddled as I am. The rotations last night and the spastic, did you do a line of meth before the game, subbing in and out constantly was crazy. I didn't understand anything, honestly, that he was doing other than maybe trying to light a spark under a bunch of kids' ass who look like they don't care. But other than maybe doing that, I don't think they were like sound basketball decisions. But I want to know what y'all think. 901-360-8255. 901-360-8255. It was um, – that was tough. Four straight losses. I mean even when you took the lead last night and then you you give it back. I mean you blow it down the stretch. The turnovers. Like I mean what were the – what is going on – with all these damn turnovers, and this team doesn't even share the ball. They don't get assist because they don't pass the damn thing to each other. It, it's it was that was absolutely crazy. And I'm going to say something. I didn't see Jordan Brown at all in the second half. And by the way, has Jordan Brown won a game since he's been back? No. The Tigers haven't. I'm not saying that he's the problem. Also, when Naquan Tomlin came, you know, it seems like they met their zenith and bing, bang, boom. Started Vanderbilt. Things have gone south. They did get some wins in there, of course, but they were some ugly ones. 
had a great second half against Wichita State. Now their next opponent, who's terrible. But I thought Rice was terrible. In South Florida, in Tulane, in UAB, at least compared to the talent on this Memphis roster, I thought these teams were inferior. Now, I'll tell you one thing. I was I even liked a few of them. You should see uh, UAB's Twitter was coming after the University of Memphis last night. It was like it was they were roasting some Memphis. I might have to read a couple of those a little bit later because there were some funny ones. And, and by, by the way, Memphis, every every bit of a little roasting they deserve. But again, we're going to get into this. At 11.30 with Isaac Simpson. Hit me with your uh, your thoughts on the Tigers. 901-360-8255. 901-360-8255. The one other little thing that also drove me crazy, by the way. I'm sorry, Dacus. You have seven. You get in the, you, you're in the bonus. With 14 minutes left to go in the game. You can't hit the broad side of the barn. Can't make threes. You can't make twos. You're turning the ball over, but at least they are in crazy foul. You have two fouls. They have seven. You're going to one and one the rest of the time. They didn't even pick up their eighth foul for another three and a half minutes, and then they didn't pick up another their ninth foul until there was six minutes and change in the game. I'm like, I'm like, why is it that all of a sudden now you get them in foul trouble and you become a jump shooting team and a three point shooting team and you don't force the action? Damn. In six minutes, you they picked up seven fouls. And then they picked up two over the next six minutes, and you didn't take advantage of going to the strike. And they let's be honestly real about this. Rice kept the door open all night long. They couldn't make free throws until down the stretch. They kept the Tigers right there. And we just didn't walk through the door at home. Four straight losses. I don't even know what to think. I know I'll look at Penny and he and I, and I know that last night especially his rotations were just insane. I don't know what the hell they were doing. Defense was terrible. But dude, he was, when he walked off that court, he was dejected. I mean, how do you have how do you have three points? In the first seven minutes of a basketball game. That's ridiculous. So, sad day for the Tigers. But we do have a whole lot of other things because at 12 o'clock we're going to talk Ole Miss and all things are dandy in uh, Rebel Land. If you're an Ole Miss Rebel, you're feeling pretty good. I'm sure my daughter's walking to class hopefully around now and just as happy as can be. They're winning basketball games. Their football team, Lane Kiffin, the whole uh, case has been dismissed for him. We'll talk about that more at 12 o'clock. We'll talk Chris Beard. We'll talk all things Rebels at noon. I got some hardwood because it feels so good. I got some bad STD numbers, bro. Dacus, your generation of kids are dirty. Dirty. I'll tell you about that about 1230. Uh, It's a public service announcement. Come on, kids. Let's clean it up. Let's clean it up. Now, we also got some crazy stuff going on out in the world. Not only do the Tigers, are they terrible, but you have the whole Joel Embiid situation. Uh, if you didn't hear about it, Draymond Green went on his 
podcast and was talking about that he was injured because he was forced to play because of this stupid 65-game rule. But you also have to realize, you know what proved that? The Players Association. Because this was collectively bargained during the CBA. And the Players Association agreed to it, but it was the players who actually did this. It was like James Harden who just decided when he wanted to force a trade, he just wouldn't play. Ben Simmons just wouldn't play. So they put in these things so these guys have to, you know, for their contracts. I mean, they're, you know, I I mean, it's crazy. Again, and I was also listening to Kendrick Perkins talk about it on the NBA uh, TV the other day. And he's like, dude, Michael Jordan averaged 80 games a year throughout his entire career. Those were with the injuries. Like, he just didn't take nights off. Bird, 77. Barkley, 72. Carl Malone, 78. Like, Stockton, same. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, you go back in time. Like, dudes came to work, played basketball. It was realistically, as they pointed out, Greg Popovich, who kind of really started all this stuff about 10 years ago. He sent Manu Ginobili back home on a plane. Tony Parker uh, didn't play Duncan, just decided all three of them weren't going to play for no reasons of injury. And now we're here where they collectively bargained this, and the players aren't happy. I get Tyrese Halliburton. Like, he wants to get that $41 million super max. That's how much of a bonus it is if he makes a first, second, or third all-NBA team. But right now, because he literally had a terrible fall, almost like it looked like he ripped his, like he just destroyed his hammy. He's gonna he missed a lot of games, and it could cost him a lot of money. But again, the players collectively bargained that situation. We'll talk a little bit about that. But there were two coaching hires in the NFL that I'm kind of, I mean, I'm kind of, um, I'm good with one, and I get it. The other one, I'm, I'm I'm just lost. Like, I don't understand it at all. And if you haven't heard, Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys this last couple of years, and especially this last season, I'm sure you remember way back in the wild card round, the number two seed out of the NFC, Dallas Cowboys, that defense gave up 48 points to the Packers. And their season went down the tubes. Aaron Jones ran rough shot on Dan Quinn's defense. My man carried the ball 21 times. He ran for 180 yards and had three tutties. And now the commanders go and bring Dan Quinn. Yes, and he was the also he's also the head coach of the Falcons. While he did get the Falcons to a Super Bowl. This is the Falcons team that blew a 28-3 to halftime lead. Now, while I like probably, I think the, I guess you kind of, you can't help yourself to look at the young coaches coming up today from basically even the Kyle Shanahan tree. Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay. You go look at Shane Steichen in Indianapolis. Offensive guys. Dan Campbell, believe it or not, offensive dude. Defensive coordinators going to take these jobs. It doesn't seem as much. Now, Bill Belichick, defensive whiz, got six titles, baby. But it does seem like the 
if you look around, it's it's the offensive dude going to get the quarterback, bringing in the fresh offense. I mean, look at right now this year's Super Bowl. Andy Reid, offensive coach. Kyle Shanahan, offensive coach. But two defensive-minded guys got the job. Dan Quinn was hired in Washington. I just don't get it. But the Seahawks hired Mike McDonald. It's actually Mike McDonald, isn't it? Yep. I like that. Mike McDonald. McDonald. Oh, McDonald. No, it's not even Mick. He's not even. He's McDonald. But anyway, Ravens defensive quarter Mike McDonald. He's the coach. But if you look, and he came from the Ravens. He was the defensive coordinator for the Ravens. I actually get that for Seattle. What is Seattle's issues? Defense. When they won the Super Bowl, it was the Legion of Boom. And it was Marshawn Lynch lowering the boom and Russell Wilson actually just being a game manager. You also have to stop basically the Shanahan tree. Who went out there and shut Kyle Shanahan's team out at their house this year? Oh, that was the Ravens, wasn't it? Who also beat up on the Rams? Oh, that was the Ravens. Mike McDonald plays also the Texans. Another Shanahan coaching tree twice this year took care of them. Texans' first game of the year and their last game of the year. Mike McDonald shut them out. So I kind of get I kind of get Mike. Dan Quinn, I don't know. I mean, maybe it works out. Maybe he works wonders. Maybe he's going to go out to get there the greatest staff in the entire world. I just can't believe that the la- like the lasting imprint. I mean, Dallas. Yes, they were twelve and five this year, second seed in the NFC. But didn't we watch when they played good football teams? They get blown out, and it was the defense. I mean, the offense was terrible, but I know that the defense gave up forty-two to San Francisco. That's not really good. The Buffalo Bills beat them thirty-one to ten. And we saw again the last game of the year that defense almost gave up fifty. They gave up forty-eight points to Green Bay in their house in the wild card first round of the wild card. A number seven seed in Green Bay Packers, mind you. I don't know, man. I think that's just a very, very strange hire. Also, Cam Newton. Did you see? I don't want to understand. Cam. I mean, Cam, I get it, man. He's got his podcast. is making news all over. Like, they were talking about it on all the shows. He was on the, uh, what is it, Boomer? Uh, what's the dude in the morning? Carton? I don't know. You don't watch? Oh, you're not like Jay. You don't watch every one of those? No. Doesn't matter. But um, they were sitting there just, you know, talking about Cam Newton going out there and talking about how Brock, not only is he not a top 10 quarterback in the National Football League, he's not... He's probably the 10th best player on his own football team. Keeping himself in the in the limelight. Kind of curious. Don't you have to say right now like the one thing that Brock Purdy is? I mean, if you don't want to call him elite, that's fine. But you know, he is a winner. And he is playing in the Super Bowl in his second season. And by the way, Cam, did you know he has as many playoff wins as you did in your whole career in his second season? A guy who did not have like an offseason in his first year after going from Mr. Irrelevant. You think he was out there practicing with the first team before he got thrust into the limelight? 
I mean, they started off with Lance, Bam went south. Jimmy G gets injured, and then Brock Purdy's thrust into the situation. And, man, he excelled last year. But don't forget, he got injured in the um, Eagles game and the NFC Championship game. Tommy John surgery he had. Didn't really get to have an offseason with all his wide receivers, but he still went out this year and played great damn football. His metrics and numbers say he's good. His, his record and the fact that they're in the Super Bowl shows he's a winner. I don't know. We'll just keep that open for everybody out there. But again, we got Isaac Simpson on the other side. It's time to talk about those Memphis Tigers. Keep those texts rolling in. 901-360-8255. We're back in Two Shake Sports 56, 98.5 FM. Start your day with Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10, right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Let's get nuts. Now, back to Sports 56 Happy Hour on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Johnny Radio. Welcome back to a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy Johnny Radio, hanging out with Bryant Dacus. It's kind of a, you know what, it's a thirsty Thursday, man. I'm I'm still uh, feeling pretty good. I'm excited, though. Um, I lost last night. I hate losing. Took uh, Took Rice in the first half. That was an easy win. Second half, when the Tigers were plus money. I was like, man, they're going to come back and win. They're going to come back and win. They can't lose four in a row. So I took them, lost that one, but I get to make it up tonight because we got women's basketball, Texas Baylor, 7.30 on ESPN. I tore it up against the Gamecocks and LSU. I'm going back to the well, the honey hole, and getting me a little win in some women's basketball tonight. What's up, Isaac? How are you doing? Um, doing all right, man. Doing all right, man. Not not a great day uh, for, for Tiger Nation or... Tiger basketball in, in, in the city of Memphis, but but we're doing all right. Yeah, we're Maybe. all surviving. It was a, it was a terrible, pitiful performance. Uh, there's so many things that you can start with and talk about. Uh, again, uh, only scoring three points in the first seven minutes of the basketball game. <laughs> terrible, uh, just absolutely terrible. Starting lineups didn't make any sense. You didn't have a you know a point guard out there. Um, didn't really uh, understand Penny's philosophy that he wanted to go out there and kind of shake things up. Well, it uh, definitely fizzed. It didn't work at all. Uh, what are you thinking about what you saw last night? What are some of your takeaways? Yeah, man, it, it, it's rough. Um, um, and like I said a couple of weeks ago, man, you could kind of see this coming. They they were still winning those games, but they've been – a lot of people are going back to the South Florida game, but they've been – Honestly, playing like crap ever since, since Vanderbilt. Back to the Vandy game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it just kind of started with Vanderbilt, and it just kind of snowballed to the point of where it's all the way. They're not even on the rails at all um, at this point. And it seems like Penny is out of answer. Uh, when you listen to him talk, he's basically saying he's telling them the right thing, and they're just not going out there doing it. And you saw last night. I think they made. It. I was I was at the, the UAB game and. Birmingham, and that was 
a mess. Uh, embarrassing. Uh, walk, walking out of that building, man, seeing those UAB fans celebrate down there. That was that was wild. But but you think for sure, okay, they, they got right. That's probably one of the bottom two teams in the conference uh, with them and UTSA. You're thinking, okay, they're back at home, 15-and-a-half-point favorite. For sure, they're going to come out and bounce back um, and, and win this game, even if they don't look exactly fantastic doing it. They're going to come out and win. And Penny tried to shake things up. Uh, <laughs> didn't work at all. Like I said, started Jonathan Pierre and, and Daquan Walton kind of as the guys that were, were kind of on the basketball. That didn't work at all. Um, I think three minutes in, went back to Javon Quinley um, and, and the normal guys. And they just never did find a rhythm. I, I, I think it might have been a little bit of overcorrection. I, I think they, with him trying to shake things up so much, I think they probably worked on solely defense um, in, in practice the last couple of days. And you could see at times, there were a lot of times where they, where they were blown assignments, but you could well, see the effort put in on defense. Yeah, you know, I, 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 listen, they gave 74 points to Rice. They needed that one. They gave 41 points in that second half. And the problem that I yeah. have, what I have the problem with is when they, especially even they took the three-point lead, but it's not just that, is I've never seen a team allow another team and every single team they play to literally do one screen and straight line, drive to the rack, yeah. and get to the rack and either either get a dunk. How many dunks did they give up last night? I mean, it was a ridiculous number of dunks. It was a ridiculous number of layups. I mean – all day long, every day, every time I watch this Tiger team, I've never seen a team give up. So, I mean, I was watching again some of those Big Twelve games last week, and I was, you know, we were watching Cincinnati. I mean, watching Houston, you know, watching Texas, watching Iowa State. I, I don't see team other teams in the country of just allowing people to over and over and over get up there to the rack like it's nothing. Yeah, but what I was going to say is is Bad as their defense was last night, I think if they played the way that they played normally on offense, I think they win that game. Their offense was terrible as well. I mean, that and their offense hasn't been a problem. That was a big problem last night. They just couldn't put the ball in the basket. Um, it, they it just, couldn't hit a three-pointer to yeah, save their I, they life. They couldn't hit a three-pointer to save their life. I don't know what it was. Then you had the sequence where you get the fast break and Malco – as great as he's been, tried to reverse it and miss the dunk. Got the they got the rebound, got the rebound, got the ball back to him, and then he could have had a chance for and one, missed that, and then end up and then missed the only first free throw. throw. Yeah, man, it was like man, that. That ooh. was that was that thumbs up the entire night, uh, right there. And the the pressing they they were they were pressing and they give up a back door every time. I mean, it was just an absolute mess. And I, I was saying, I saw people last night saying this is the worst loss of the Penny Hardaway era. This is the worst loss I think for the program since, in decades. Since the Tigers had and Cal was here and they lost to Austin P. <laughs> yeah, I mean this is you losing the rights at home, man. That, that just should never happen under any circumstances in Memphis. So the, the program's in a, in a low, low plus spot right now, man. And it's crazy that two weeks ago this team was in the top ten, and now we're sitting here in a situation where they're in danger of not making the tournament, which is unbelievable from. Even when they were struggling, I was like, I, I saw Goodman about a week ago come out and say that Tigers might miss the tournament. Even if that sounded outlandish, even at that point, and now we're actually here. Like that, that for a team that was in the top ten two weeks ago, we're falling so far to the point now where we're questioning going to make the tournament or not. Because you, if they if they handle business, there would be no question they would still make it. But 
there's no reason to think that they can beat anybody um, in the conference at this point. If you lose to Rice at home, you lost lost to South Florida at home, you struggle with UTSA, you had to go to overtime. Those are three of the worst teams in the conference, and you're you might not beat anybody. I mean, you still got to go to SMU, you got to go to North Texas. Those teams are playing really well. I mean, they it's it's bleak right now, man. And I don't, I'm not confident, in, and I'm not one to to say that Penny's a terrible coach, but it just doesn't seem like he. It seems like he might have lost his team. Uh, he doesn't seem to have any answers. He said he they just won't respond to to what he's saying. That he's usually had teams in the past where when when they struggle, he would get response out of them, and he said nothing from this team. Nobody has anything to say. It just seems like Malco's kind of the only one. Him and Malco are kind of the only ones that I, I guess understand the the magnitude of what's going on here, and it, it's it, it's kind of depressing, man, to think about going forward if they don't have a major, major turnaround, they, they're they not going to make the tournament. Uh, and, and they're probably one loss away from putting themselves in a position to where they got to win the AEC tournament to get in. Yeah, that's a bad position to be in. And the other thing is, again, um, you know, Penny said they need two, two to one assist to turnover ratio. They had <laughs> 10 assists last night, 16 turnovers. They had seven turnovers yeah. in, the, in the first – they had six turnovers in the first, you know, eight minutes of the ball game last night. Um, again, starting the game without a point guard, I just don't think was a great idea. I did want to ask you, since we talked about, you know, Penny's, some of his coaching decisions, did you under, understand, like, like, I feel like that team never got in a rhythm. I didn't understand the substitutions. No. They were coming in and out. Like, it was so sporadic and spastic. Like, I almost was thinking to myself, dude, did they, like, did somebody drug them and give them Adderall or meth or something? Like, it was, <laughs> it was the craziest substitutions I've ever seen. Yeah, I think I think we've seen this from Penny in the past when he doesn't really have an answer uh, to what's going on and they're struggling. Just searching just, for anything. Yeah, he's just searching for anything. Just any any combination that maybe I'm just going to throw this weird group out here and if they maybe they click. He just didn't. Ten, have, I don't think he had any answers. In ten minutes. He had ten substitutions yeah. in ten minutes. That was nuts. I don't know, man. The subs. Were... I mean, he had played. He played eleven players in the first half. Uh, I think I'm pretty pretty sure, which is insane. Uh, so it, yeah, I, I that's the, the the part that really worries me is I don't I see there's still still some fans that are optimistic. I was talking to some people right before I jumped on here, and they were like, "Oh well, we've seen this before. Penny will will turn this around, and, and maybe he will." But his mo of his teams has usually been they struggle early and they get better as the season goes on. This has been the the reverse of what usually happens. And with this being a veteran team, I don't necessarily think that's going to be the case. I don't think there's a some big turnaround that that, that that's going to happen. It could, but it, it doesn't look good because they've gone backwards. Like, I, and I don't know. Yeah, the offense has completely regressed. Yeah. The defensive effort is completely gone, and it's weird because again, I I know that I I mean I don't I mean I might be crazy. I just feel though when I was watching this team earlier in the year, like the effort, the execution. The way that they were playing, and again, they earned their opportunity to get all the way up into the top ten. It, it's just I've never seen a fall this fast. No, and it, not, not that I can think of. And and again, everybody out there likes to play detective, correct? Yeah, I and mean, people are blaming Tomlin. I, I was getting ready to say that the two things Jordan that I Brown. yeah the two things that I've heard the most, and this is what I've heard the most. Now I don't. 
like, I mean, I talk, you know, Wolo, you know, he's, you know, calling the game. I felt bad for him last night after having to interview. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I sure as hell wouldn't want to interview him right now. Um, you know, Graston does the game for the TV. Like, they're always doing this. You, I talk with you every week. But, like, I have no idea what it is. But I just know that I all I get asked these same questions all the time. Like, I hear, well, you know, since Naquan joined the team, they haven't done anything. And then Penny actually yeah. said something last night. He said, we haven't found a rhythm with this group since Naquan joined. And I don't know why he's such a great player. I mean, like, he just and – he, and he said, everything that's happening to us now, we deserve it. Like, I mean, he doesn't – he looked – he walked off the, the court completely dejected. Other little stony, um, you know, detectives out there are talking about how Jordan Brown left. They won ten straight. Jordan Brown's back. They've lost four straight. Um, they, you know, ask what's going on. Like, what is going on with this locker room? Because the weird thing is, is while a lot of people are asking about Jordan Brown and they give these numbers, and yes, it looks crazy. A lot of people are talking about Tomlin, and yes, he started with Vanderbilt, and they haven't looked the same since that game. I watched last night. Jordan Brown, when he came in, he only played four minutes. He was at least communicating and yelling and talking yeah. and switching. He was communicating with his teammates where I didn't see other people doing that. And Naquan Tomlin comes in there and hustles his butt off. He grabbed eight boards last night. Um, he was five of seven when he was shooting. He did hit his uh, lone three-pointer he shot. Like Those two dudes look to me like they're trying their butt off. But again, they're also two dudes that are taking a lot of heat. What 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 do you what do you say to that? Yeah, I don't I don't believe I don't buy either one of those theories that that it has anything to do with that. Like me neither. Because, because I think it's a coincidence that I I don't think it's Nate Naquan Tumlin coming in. I think where 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 I saw the change is that Caleb when the competition Mills. dropped off. Yeah, they, when the competition dropped off, their effort dropped off, and that it started with Vandy, and the schedule got weaker from there, and that's where. It started. I think it's just a coincidence that that just happened to be when Naquan came in because Naquan, like I said, there's some he has some defensive mishaps at times, but he goes out there and plays hard. Like he's taking a lot of heat, and I think it's unnecessary because I think he he tries. I don't think it's because of a lack of effort. People, I see a lot of people talking about how terrible he is. I mean, he goes out there. And also, there was one play where he got like three offensive boards last night. And they end up scoring. I mean, he knocked down a three pointer, like you said. I, they needed somebody else because they were getting killed on the boards. And everybody was excited when, when Penny was talking about bringing Naquan Tumlin in. And I see some of those yep. same people now that are pissed off saying he's the reason why they they took a downturn, which doesn't make Dude, any sense. Dude, he gave 28 I, great minutes last night. I yeah. mean, hell, by I mean, the way, he, he had hard. only one turnover. He played, he played hard. He had a block. He had a steal. He had eight boards, five for seven, one for one from downtown, 11 points. He worked his little tail off. Like I can't, I can't, you know, David Jones, who led our team in points, also led our team in turnovers and made, yeah, he, didn't he's been pass struggling. the ball and is forcing things. I mean, damn, Holmes, when it's one on three, that means somebody's wide open. Pass yeah, because what, what, what I was going to say, what's happening is he early on when early on when he was doing that stuff, he was making almost he was making most of those shots. Now yeah, he's, now he's not, missing them. He's not as efficient as he was. Now it looks bad. Like you were a little bit okay with it when he was going 103 when he was scoring 35 points and making most of those shots. Now that they're struggling offensively, it doesn't look as good. So, yeah, on defensive end, he's, he's been bad on defensive end all year. So now it's even magnified when he's not scoring that way. And he's also turned the ball over at an alarming rate, which 
it, it kind of negates what he's doing, especially when he's only he's not getting those huge numbers anymore. It, he hurts you now um, a lot of time. And, and Jake Hughes just, other than hitting, hitting those, those shots at the end of the game, just didn't look locked in at all. And they really need – those two guys have to be big time in, in order for this team to be good. And they just – they haven't been – David Jones hasn't been efficient. And Jake Hughes looks like he might just be kind of checked out a little bit. Man, nine for twenty-seven, I believe. Um, that's thirty-three percent. Not good between those two guys when they shot shoot the ball at basketball last night, and then together, of course, they had seven turnovers. Um, that's not you know winning basketball and combined no. together seven <laughs> seven assists combined, seven turnovers combined. Nine for twenty-seven, thirty-three percent for your two best players, David Jones. Now Quinterly. Now we've put two of at least two theories. To, I feel like to rest. The Jordan Brown, Naquan Tomlin, or at least we not put to rest, but at least try to. Yeah, I, I was going to say that. Touch on Jordan Brown real quick. I, I don't think. I mean, he he's not like he he's not even playing enough minutes. Four if, minutes, man. If that's, Four minutes. If, if that's what killed your team, they were mentally. If they were that mentally, he didn't weak, even play that, in the second half. Yeah, I mean, if, if that's what it is, is the team wasn't going to be. They weren't mentally strong anyway. Exactly. If Jordan Brown coming back and playing a few minutes, it's it kind of killed. Their chemistry, they didn't really have anything going anyway. I'll, I'll say that. Well, I have to ask you this question then. Now, being again my Perry Mason roots coming in here, and I'm looking at the situation, Penny didn't start Quinterly last night. Is that maybe an indication that it's JQ who uh, has a little issues in the locker room? Yeah, I was. that, that was my first thought. Uh, when, when Quinterly didn't start last night, especially because he's one of the guys. Like you think, okay, Quinterly – David Jones, those are the, the big players on his team, especially when you talk about from the point guard position. And for him not to start him, that leads me to believe that he feels like Javon Quinley is a big part of the problem. So, yeah, I agree with you 100% there. That was my first thought when, when I saw that starting lineup and, and JQ wasn't in it. Yeah, that was definitely my first thought, too. I was like, ooh, uh, that does not say as much. And then, of course, you know, Brett Norsworthy last year went down to um, – SEC media days and kind of asked some of the beat writers, uh, you know, that covered Alabama for basketball last year. Yeah, there's a lot of negative stuff out there about him for sure. Yeah, and basically, you know, Nate Oates says that, you know, one of the things Nate Oates said, he's he's, he's just glad that he doesn't have to uh, motivate his point guard this year. Um, He made that statement. Uh, Brett asked a few beat writers, and they basically said if there wasn't the whole Brandon Miller um, the player on a camp that's terrible to remember, but the, you know, the whole, you know, the whole situation, the murder, Alabama basketball last year, that JQ would have been, you know, one of the, uh, the things they pointed to why they got knocked out so early in the tournament. But, um, anyway, we got to keep our fingers crossed that JQ gets it together. He did say at least last night, uh, when he talked to the media that basically, you know, uh, things aren't going to get better until we're tired of feeling like this. So hopefully this is yeah. rock bottom. Because like what I said, and they've all kind of said that they – because you see these guys hanging out outside of, of basketball. I, it doesn't – to me, this doesn't feel like necessarily a locker room issue. I, I don't I don't know I don't know if it's a disconnect between coaching. Maybe Penny is too nice um, and, and doesn't – is not authoritative enough uh, with, with these guys. And they just – because you kind of said it last night, kind of a window. He also made a statement where he said – it's not really Penny's fault because Penny kind of empowers us, so to speak, and lets us play our game. So basically, Penny is kind of letting him. He kind of hinted that Penny just kind of lets them go out there and do what they want to do. And, and that sometimes that that can work. Empowering your players is a good thing. 
but sometimes it's not. I mean, especially when you got you've got this new collection of guys together. They're all seniors, and these guys all I think probably feel like they can play pro ball at some level. So they're all kind of want to do their thing. And if you just got to let those guys kind of do what they want, you're, you're probably going to run into some problems. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's definitely something, and also, you know, Caleb Mills going down. I also think is it just uh, such a huge yeah, factor. That, that's a, that's a big part of this because I think he was a big leader. Um, Hell, he of, was of the biggest team. leader on the court last night, and he's not even dressed in his uniform. You know, like yeah. he, you know, I watched him. I saw him over and over. You know, talking to the guys, trying to get them fired up, trying to get a spark. Um, but anyway, we're gonna can we take can we take a break and come back and talk a little Grizz. Yes, sir. Man, we're talking with Isaac Simpson back in Two Shake Sports 56 98 5 FM. Be sure to follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ. The only power source capable of generating 1.21 gigawatts of electricity is a bolt of lightning. Now, back to Sports 56 Happy Hour on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Johnny Radio. Welcome back to a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy, Johnny Radio. I got my buddy Brian Dakis hanging out with me. I'm kind of excited because after we talk with Evie, I got to get I got to get Brian's take. On a little Memphis Tiger action. I just also talked, you know, extensively with our good buddy Isaac Simpson. We talked Tigers, talked Tigers, talked Tigers, talked Tigers. Now it's time to switch it up and talk a little Grizz. Isaac, you there, brother? I'm here. Man, oh man, oh man. Uh, again, talking about the Tigers, a little bit painful. We got to pray. They got Wichita State next. Uh, Wichita State's terrible, but so was Rice. So we'll just keep yeah. our fingers <laughs> crossed. Now the Grizzlies, they're back at the house tonight, but they got a Cavs team that's coming in red, red hot. Uh, this is a kind of a scary game if you're a Grizz fan. What you expect tonight? Um, it, it, with this Grizzlies team at this point, man, you never know. You you don't know. I mean, because they. They come out and compete. It seems like, and you don't—I have no idea how—but they come out and compete against seemingly everybody. And then sometimes they'll have these games where they look like they should every now and then. So you just don't know. Um, I think they're eight and a half point underdog. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if, if Garland plays tonight. Uh, he just just came back, and sometimes they've they've rested him on back to back. So it'd be interesting to see how he plays. They they they're, they're on a back to back. Like I said, they played the Pistons last night, which. It took 45 points from uh, Spider um, to win that game by seven at home. Uh, so that wasn't exactly impressive last night. And they're on the back-to-back. The Grizzlies have been off for a couple of days, so they have the rest advantage. I, I think it's going to be an interesting game. Um, and the Grizzlies have, have signed some, some guys to, to 10-day contracts. Um, this is, like I said, this is not where you want it to be uh, this season, obviously. But it, it's not bad. Like Watching these guys go out and compete. They're bringing in guys. I think Trey Jamison is a guy who the fan I can base. Promise you, I'm having more fun watching the Grizzlies right now than I am oh. watching the Tigers. Ditto. I mean, no, I, no watching the the Tigers has been the most painful two weeks. Like I'm literally, I'm drinking Pepto and eating Finnegan. Yeah, man. But I was sick uh, leaving Bartow Arena on uh, on on Sunday night. Man, that was 
not a fun experience. Um, those uh, give credit to the to the Blazer fans because they were they were ready for buck. that. One. I mean, that felt like I was at uh, I don't even know what like that. That I've seen some some been a part of some crazy crowds. That might have been that one might have taken the cake, and that says a lot because that I've been in those Grizzlies playoff crowds, and we've had some awesome crowds, but they were fired up for that one. I mean, that meant everything for that city of Birmingham, man. So so shout out to them, but. Back to the Grizzlies, man. The guys are just going out, playing hard, competing, and they brought in a guy that the fan base kind of wanted them to bring in at center, Trey Jemison, who was playing in the G League. He had signed a 10-day with the Wizards. It ran out, and the Grizzlies scooped him up, and, and I'm excited. He has big-time potential, uh, big-time rebounder, big-time athlete, rim protector, um, and, and they have him on a 10-day right now, but I got a feeling they're probably, probably going to make a move at the deadline. To open up a spot, I, I think that's a guy that they're going to want to take a take a longer look at, and I, I think he could be a piece for this team. I'm surprised that he hasn't last on with somebody already. Man, what do you think about no tipping Pippin's kid and uh, Lars's uh, son? <laughs> yeah, man, like we, we like we talked about last week, man. Maybe we can get get them in the form for, for a game. Get lost <laughs> in the building, man, down there at 191 Bill. But um, yeah, man, he he's been really good as well, and I, I followed him ever since Vanderbilt. I felt like he was an NBA player, and he's taken his minutes and run with him. Uh, he, he's been really, really good um, in, in the games that he's played for the team. Got the start um, in, in the last game, and I think he, think I think he is probably taking Gilliard's spot. Uh, Gilliard, yeah, uh, fifty games is about to run out, and I think Scottie Pippen Jr. is going to be the, the guy going forward. I, I think that I, if I was Gilly, I'd definitely be looking over my shoulder at Scottie Pippen Jr. because I just think his ceiling. With, with him being a, a bigger player and everything that he does overall, I think his ceiling is a lot higher than Gillis. If Gillis was 6'2", uh, I, I think he would be viable. But the fact that he's 5'9", I just think it's going to be tough for him to make it in a league with any permanent with any permanency. So I think I think Scottie Pippen Jr. could be a guy that you can look up next year or the year after. He's the backup point guard. Brian John Morant. I mean, I he agree. just like a lot of the things he does. Man, he's got a lot better court vision than I expected. You know, kind of being the scorer at Vanderbilt, uh, he's he's doing a damn good job. So, got to give him some. You know, give him his props. Uh, this I was Chris- going to say even he, I was going to say even his shooting that his three point shooting was kind of a knock on him, and he's been knocking the threes down at a, at a decent clip. So that that's good to see as well. Yeah, he has man. He's been man. He he's been a very pleasant surprise uh, for the Grizzlies this year. And uh, I know it's kind of early and everything, but I think he's shooting over fifty percent from the three point line. But I know he's yeah. only played like what two games. <laughs> yeah, it look looks good so far, man. I can't, can't complain. Good. It's just crazy that they just pick these guys up, man. They, these guys are coming out starting um, and, and putting up double digits, putting up figures. Uh, I think he had just like DG, man, and, and I knew DG was. Really good, and like I said, I think that's the silver lining from all the injuries and stuff that they had that you found Vince Williams Jr., and also I think you're finding DG come out have 20-plus points in your first two games. I mean, that's just something that you don't see. Um, and, I mean, he's been been re- really good, and I just love that these guys are getting this time to, to go out there and play because it's evaluation time uh, for Dude, the Grizzlies. I like and also I think the, they found a couple pieces. I love the fact that you, the pieces not only that they found, but I have to say, man, I also like the fact that Tripp goes out there and busts his tail with these guys. You know what I mean? Like, you know, some, you know, quote, you know, stars would go out there and, yeah, they'd play and everything. But, man, they're they're literally out there trying to win every single night, and you got to appreciate that, especially coming from Tripp. Yeah, yeah, no question, because a lot of teams in this situation, especially when you talk about a guy like Tripp, he's kind of the only one left. 
and he's going out there playing like they're in the playoffs. I mean, they're, they're not quitting at all. Like, we were talking about lottery picks and everything like that, and I think they're still going to end up there in some capacity, but it's not going to be from lack of trying. These guys are still going out trying to win ball games. They're not quitting at all, and Tripp is being the leader of this. It's also been fun to watch, and, I mean, he's been putting up big-time numbers, and I think that's only going to help him once he's out there with the rest of the guys. Him having this experience as kind of being a leader of this team, I, I think it's really really good for him as well. He's taking it to run with it, definitely not shying away from it, definitely not going out there and then putting in lackluster effort. What about, uh, by the way, any uh, update on Luke and John? Um, I, I think they're. I think they they were both listed as. I know Luke Kennard and uh, Derek Rose were listed as doubtful for tonight. So I definitely. I think they have there on the back to back at Golden State in here tomorrow night. I, I think you'll probably see both of those guys back on tomorrow, and I think you'll probably see uh, John back possibly on Sunday. Uh, that that would be my guess right now. Uh, so they're gonna have. Um, I guess a full complement of players that that goes with with, with this team right now. I, I think you'll see all three of those guys back uh, by the end of this week. So that's going to be fun, man. And see, see how long D Rose can can play because I mean, when when he's been able to play, there have been times where he's put in good minutes, man. You just can't count on him, man. It feels like he plays two games and then he, he's out two weeks. Uh, that's kind of been the pattern with him this season, man. What y'all got going over to eat those Grizzlies? Yeah, man, definitely. We'll be dropping a podcast tonight after the game. Um, and definitely uh, probably another one sometime time before the weekend is out. So go over there and eat those Grizzlies. Check that out. Um, but, again, man, even though the, the season has gone the way it has, man, it, it's been kind of fun and inspiring, man, watching these guys continue to play hard. Man, don't forget to follow Isaac on Twitter at Isaac Double the underscore NBA. That's at Isaac underscore underscore NBA. Follow read his work at TigerSportsReport.com and listen to him every single Thursday. Be blessed, my friend. We'll do, man. Talk to you next week. That is Isaac Simpson. On the other side, it's time to talk about them rebels. We got Evie Van Pelt from the Rebel Walk. She's next. Sports 56 98 5 FM. Under the cloud.